This is the Edify Podcast for the servant. We are in great need today of Christians that have sober minds. I'm preaching on a series of topics about hot, hot topic or hot button issues, hot button topics, if you will, that uh, that maybe we often don't think about. You know, there's a sense in which a preacher should not preach, um, always preach about uh, exterior actions. You know, if we just preach about the exterior actions, if elders are just focused on exterior actions and just about behavior, that doesn't get to the root of Christianity. Christ came to transform the heart. If a person gives their heart to Jesus, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about them participating in certain things because they don't want to. Their heart's been given to him. So we don't we don't command behaviors, we change hearts. That's one of our one of our works. However, we do need to educate uh, our folks and remind things of folks and remind them uh, from where they came from, uh, excuse me, from from where they came and uh and talk about certain issues. And we've covered things like homosexuality and transgender and um We've talked about lust in different forms, pornography. We're going to be shifting gears to alcohol, to, you know, social sins such as um, what about gambling? What about, um, um, you know, what about uh, little raffles buying the ducks? What about this? What about that? Those sorts of things. And uh, it would do us all some good to keep some sobriety in our minds. You know, as the swirling winds of religious pluralism <laughs> and uh, this progressive uh, tolerance, I, I, I'll say that in quotes, um, that that's where we are in life. We're, we're met with the with the the gales of globalization and a parade of new gadgets and brain hijacking software and this constant drip of you know, round-the-clock news, creation, politics, things that are driven by assumptions and fears, etc., etc., etc. We can be so prone to diversion and to distraction. The devil's very good at, at getting some of us to keep CNN or Fox News or whatever channel you're uh, aspiring to or, you know, whatever, uh, looking to keep us involved with those things and be worried about those things. Are, are we learning to just drown our clouded and anxious minds in social media, in, in games, television series, and football that's coming up, oh, tomorrow, Thursday evening? Um, you know, that that sort of thing. So level heads have long been in high demand, but, it's, but let's ask this question. Is the supply now at a record low? So the information age in, in which you and I live gives us access like never before to the data, to the feed, to the highest IQs, to, to raw intellect, all these sorts of things that we have to look at and, and go through and, and listen to, and you know, that we have access to. Realistically, it's debilitating, and it's, and it's an imbalance. We, we have no filter. We, there's no stabilizer. There, when it comes to the emotional intelligence, it's off the, it's off the scales because there's it's coming at us at, at all kinds of levels. It's just, you know, um, it's just not good. It's not good for us to be so informed or too informed. You know, let's call it wisdom, uh, level-headedness, okay, flat-footedness maybe, <laughs> or maybe just, just sanctified common sense. The biblical attribute of sober, sober-mindedness is at a premium, so this should get our attention when when we're striving for virtues like this, and, and we're striving for, you know, for a healthy Christian church, a healthy Christian walk. Um, 
sobriety is a virtue that's central to to that that sort of thing. So so fortunately, sober-mindedness is something for which God holds our great promise for development and for growth. He does this kind of work, and we have a good reason for great hope, okay? The importance of sober-mindedness is, is key. When you think about the term sober-minded, it's one of the first traits given for the church's leaders, 1 Timothy 3.2. And even the women in First Timothy three eleven, ladies are leading too. Don't don't let it think that it's just the males who are in in in, in elderships leading. All of us are leading something and someone. But th- th- this is the first time that encouragement to the congregation's aging men, Titus two and two, and one of pa- Paul's most profound charges to his protege Timothy, he says, "As for you, always be sober minded." Second Timothy four and four and five. Now, the NIV translates it in, in, in a great way. Keep your head in all situations. Okay, I can understand that in layman's terms. Do we need leaders like this who keep their heads in all situations? When something happens, uh, we're going to react. Something my dad has always said because he learned it in law enforcement, something that I learned in law enforcement myself, every action deserves a reaction but never an overreaction. We need to keep our head in every situation. And as much as ever, as we grope our way forward in the complexities and the conflicts of modern society, we need our pastors and shepherds, these elders, these men, and our preachers and our members, everybody, uh, as many in the congregation as possible to be balanced, to be clear-headed. You know, in in such a confused world, we, we need models who will not be suckers for extremes, okay? They'll, they'll wander off into myths, Second Timothy 4, 4, and, and or devote themselves to myths or promote speculations rather than stewardship from God that is by faith, 1 Timothy 1, 4. I got church members that are very intellectual folks. God has made them to be that way. And one, one thing that they must be very careful of, I personally am not this, I'm not an intellect, but some folks that are this way, they ask questions that should not be asked. Or, let me put it this way, they ask questions that they ask expecting an answer that God does not give. Therefore, for me, the question is not worth asking. Or I need to take comfort in the fact that God gives me his answer, which is, you don't need to know. Wandering off into things and, and, and putting loopholes and causing more more problems and more more issues and more uh, questions than, than answers. So some folks can be so worried about what we don't have rather than what we do have. You know, the Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine. the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that have been revealed belong to us. So those are the things that they were to worry themselves with, not the things that, that God didn't give them, but worry with what God has given you. So we need, it, we need this sobriety now in 2023, just as much as they did in 3023 uh, B.C. So at the helm, God gives us stewards of the faith through his spirit, through the spirit's revelation, these these are people who sacrificially love. They're not speculate, you know, speculators uh, that that are just easily diverted into the vain peripheral discussions that come along in, in incessantly. Okay, in a day when clarity and level headedness can be sorely lacking, it is deeply encouraging that balanced thinking and sober mindedness can be taught. It can be developed and it can be learned, and especially over time. Paul instructs Timothy and me, and you, listener, uh, toward this sober judgment. He says, 1 Timothy 4, 7, have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Chapter 6, 20 through 21, 
avoid the irreverent babble, the contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. And he puts it in quotes. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good. It does no good. It does no good. In fact, it only ruins the hearers, verse 14, and seven, 14 through 17. Therefore, he says to, to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. He, she, they're rightly divide, dividing the word of truth, which implies that I can wrongly divide the word of truth. And so he says, but avoid irreverent babble. It will only lead people into more and more ungodliness. And they don't need help with that, okay? The devil's a good devil. He does not need any help. It says that that, that, type, that type of life, that type of talk, uh, that type of uh, lack of sobriety, it only, it only spreads like gangrene. Even verse 23 of Second Timothy 2, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels, okay? there's Sometimes there's things that's just not worth talking about. And it takes somebody who's sober-minded to say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to go to that anthill. I'm not going to die on that anthill. Now, for things that pertain to salvation, things that pertain to doctrine, yes, absolutely. But if it's something over here that we don't have answers to, I'm not going to give my effort and energy to that. I'm going to be disciplined and say no. So silly myths, irreverent babble, quarreling about words, foolish, ignorant controversies. Sober-mindedness keeps, what that means is, is that's keeping me and it's keeping you and our heads when others are running around with theirs on fire. Sober-mindedness means not being devoted or, or maybe, what's the better word, maybe detoured, okay, turned away from the central things, from the gospel First Corinthians fifteen three. Uh, what's what's of first and most importance? Um, people will diverge into the margins if if they're not careful. And so, in our, in our environment of extremism, it means fresh focus on and excitement about the heart of faith. So, with our let me use a big word here proliferation and our uh, or maybe the, the the proliferation of our idio in our idiosyncrasies, okay, uh, syncrasies, our hobby horses. Put it plainly, we understand that we need preoccupation with the faith that was once delivered to the saints in Jude three. We don't need speculative theories. We don't need newfangled uh, hypotheses and 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 something that that nobody has ever heard before. You know, it's it's so sad. Here I am, 37 years old, and I see people that are older than me, and, and they're brethren, and they'll put clickbait. They'll, they will clickbait their stuff. They'll, they'll want views. They'll want clicks. They'll want likes. They'll, they'll want to be edgy. Uh, they'll want to captivate people's minds and interests by putting on something that only causes problems. You know, to, to talk about something that um, that is only going to bring trouble uh, is not worth talking about. It's not worth talking about, um, and especially in a public way, or or maybe even in a private way. I mean, especially gossips. Um, but to but to consider things that that is that just breeds quarrels. Get away from it. Get away from it. We're supposed to what we have heard uh, from Paul and the Holy Spirit's revelation. We're supposed to present that in the presence of many witnesses. Not not preoccupation with fighting, but with the faith, even if that takes some occasional combat. So let's think about this one particular part of armor that you and I are to wear, and that's the helmet of salvation. 
this is this is how we get our help. Where where do we go to get clear uh, our clouded heads? First Thessalonians five four through eight gets us pointed in the right direction. He says, "You were not in darkness, brothers, for that day, which is of Christ's return, to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not." of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, meaning that we have nothing to do with the night, he says, let us be sober. So that means that we're staying awake and we're not drinking. (laughs) We're, we're We're not intoxicated by anything else other than the gospel. And so he says, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now, in particular, verse 8 gives us this this important path to cultivating a sober mind. He says, the hope of salvation. Now, where we find a helmet to protect our heads, gospel hope, which is not a thin wish, okay? It's not a wish-out version of, of, of security, okay? This is a well-grounded surety, um, 100% proof about the future. This this guards our minds in the battle swirling around us and, and lifts us lifts us and our gaze beyond our present confusion, okay? It's 2023, wouldn't even know what bathroom to use, okay? The, the gospel and the good, the good mind of Scripture, the Holy Spirit's heartbeat uh, message, lifts us out of the confusion and puts us in the certainty of the coming victory. The most sober thinkers in the world are those who have drunk most deeply of the gospel, and it has filled them with solid, secure, substantiated hope. So right at the heart of the good work God has begun in us, Philippians 1 and verse 6, is developing our discernment, our sober-mindedness. He says, so that we may approve what is excellent. Philippians 1, 9 through 10. So as we walk the path of increasing holiness, we get our heads back little by little. Our minds get clearer as we breathe in the gospel air and feast at the table of the scriptures in the context of the church. Our heads become more level under gravitational sway of Jesus' person, Jesus' work, Jesus' promise, and and Jesus' people. So, in closing, um, in Christ we are increasingly, uh, Paul told the Ephesus church, renewed in the spirit of our minds, okay? And we are transformed by the renewal of our minds by testing, which is what you and I do, we may discern what is the will of God, Romans 12, 2. And and in that growing clear-headedness, the Christian learns not to think of himself more highly than we ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, Romans 12, 3. Not only about self, but all the world and life as well. God give us... God give you personally, give me personally, sober-mindedness, clear-headedness. Uh, quit, quit, quit worrying about all the junk that's going on in our world. Um, not, not saying that we, you know, like uh, just, just 
exclude ourselves from the world. We know what's going on. We're relative. We're in the culture. We know what the music is. We know what the sounds are. We know what the food tastes like. We know what the drink tastes like, etc., etc., etc. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. How, do, how does that happen? I understand what's on Facebook. I understand what's on CNN. I know what Joe Biden is and is not doing, vice versa, Trump, um, you know, all, all, all that sort of all that sort of stuff. I know what's going on. And I concern myself with very little of it, only to know what's not profitable. And getting into all these squabbles and fights about every little thing, whether that be uh, social sins, whether that be personal sins, whether that be our world in which we live, etc., etc., all of that can confuse us. All of that can get us caught up. All of that can sway us from what we should be focused on, which is the gospel, preaching the message of Jesus. Uh, we are we are to preach the word, not the world. Preach the word. Now you can't preach the word if you're not in the word. Um, so let me encourage you, fellows. Sober mindedness. May God give us a mind that is sober.